block sports, big 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 block sports. Welcome to my NFL picks and predictions episode. If you've just left episode A, thank you for coming on over to episode B. Again, every week, uh, the podcast will be divided into two episodes. Episode A is opinions, storylines, things that I'm following uh, regarding the NFL season. The episode B is always going to be the following week's picks and predictions for the games coming up on this Sunday. So let's get right into them. As I usually do, I uh, I might look at the schedule briefly. I might check out the spread, but most of my picks are going to happen live right now in front of you. So if you see a vein or something popping up in the middle of my forehead or a little bit of sweat start to trickle down, it's because I'm literally analyzing in my football mind who is going to win these games. Initially, I would say when the season first started out, it was very easy um, to pick games for the most part. I think now that there is more film, that their players are kind of in a groove when it comes to the NFL season, these picks and predictions are becoming more and more challenging as the weeks go on. I want to say last week, I didn't have a picks episode last week, but I did post it on my Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Big Block Sports, all one word, no spaces or anything. Big Block Sports. I want to say maybe three of my picks out of the entire week were correct, um, but a lot of them were wrong, including, you know, my beloved 49ers laying a massive T Rex size egg. <laughs> in Levi Stadium versus the Arizona Cardinals. Incredible. But let's get into this week's games. I feel I feel recharged, rejuvenated. So let's start with tonight's game. Today is Thursday, so I'm going to try and edit this and get it posted here in a matter of moments. But tonight's game, Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Ravens are a seven-and-a-half-point spread. I think the way the season is going, any spread over like seven points, six points is almost a gimme because teams uh, in garbage time are coming back to make things close. I almost I uh, also started betting on sports um, a little bit, you know, 20 here, 20 there, nothing too crazy. Um, But I almost the Jets were I picked the Jets. This was my very first. It was like you get a free bet or something when you sign up with a hard rock sports bet. So I picked the Jets just to win flat out when I, did I pick them flat out? No, I think I picked the Jets with the points because the spread was like 11. I picked them for the points. Initially, it looked like a stupid bet, um, but then they brought it to within 15 and they were driving and then boom, uh, Josh Johnson gets the ball tipped. He throws an interception and my little $20 went down the lane. But we got the Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. I think the Ravens win this game easily. I don't even think the Dolphins will cover the spread. Uh, I'm not sure who's playing quarterback for the Dolphins. 
I'm a, what I am sure of is that it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Dolphins because of who's playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm taking Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in this game over the Miami Dolphins. This next game on paper seems pretty like eh, but if I really think about what both of these teams are going through right now, especially after the Jaguars having that stunning victory last week, them coming into Lucas Oil Stadium, Lucas Oil Field, Lucas Oil Stadium, to play the Indianapolis Colts. Now they have the Colts as a 10 and a half point favorite. So those, again, easy, easy money right there. You know, if you take the Jags with 10, 10 and a half points. But um, I, I do think the Indianapolis Colts will win the game. I, I I briefly, right now while I was talking, thought about upset alert. You know, it popped into my head. But, you know, the Jags, I, I honestly think that Bills game was, an, was a fluke. It was an aberration. I don't think it meant anything for their season or that they're, they're turning a corner. I don't, you know, things happen in the NFL. And I think that just happened to the Bills. So I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. I'd consider that bet, though, you know, the Jaguars uh, with 10 and a half points. I'd consider that. The next game is actually interesting in the line itself. It's only one and a half points. So it's the Cleveland Browns at the New England Patriots. And, um, you know, the Patriots are coming on. They won a couple of games here recently. Mac Jones is getting settled in to the offense. Uh, there's a possibility they are looking to bring Odell Beckham Jr. into the fold um, in New England. I know he just left uh, Cleveland, which good for him. You know, that's kind of that should be everyone's goal in life to leave Cleveland eventually. Um, but <laughs> Cleveland Browns at the New England Patriots and the Patriots are actually favored, but they're only favored by one and a half points because, again, I think some of the injuries to the Browns, make them uh, susceptible to being beat. I am going to take the New England Patriots here. I think that Bill Belichick has a defensive game plan that will be able to stymie the uh, Cleveland Browns offensive attack. Nick Chubb right now is actually in the COVID protocol, so there's a high possibility he may or may not play. Um, even if he does play because he's in the protocol, he may not be able to practice and really get into the game plan like everyone else should. Baker still has that injured shoulder, despite the fact that, again, he's been playing with an injured uh, shoulder. It's his non-throwing shoulder, but, you know, as someone with an injury, right, <laughs> by self, it's not a pleasurable experience just to wake up you know, go get coffee, like everything is just such a task. So I can only imagine playing football with a torn labrum or a, I think he also has like a, his shoulder socket has a broken bone and I guess just a, just not a good injury for him. Um, so I'm taking the New England Patriots in this game to win over the Cleveland Browns. Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are a nine-point favorite. I got I got to believe that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game. I know that Atlanta, every time you feel like, nah, they can't do it, especially after the win over the Saints, um, you know, people may have some different emotions about the Falcons that they might 
be a good team or that they might have the ability to beat a team like the Cowboys. And again, any given Sunday, but I do not think that the Dallas Cowboys laid two eggs in a row like they did versus the Broncos. Um, Atlanta does not necessarily have the, the defense that the uh, uh, sorry that the Broncos had. So that's why I think the Dallas Cowboys offense will do a lot better versus the Atlanta Falcons. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Uh, Buffalo is a 13 and a half point favorite. That's easy money right there. You know, I think the Jets have shown the ability to come back and score. Mike White is starting again. We're still not really sure what he is. I know he came on the field one game and lit it up and then he got hurt. We know that the Buffalo Bills just laid an egg against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't feel that is uh, true to their character. So I'm taking the Buffalo Bills over the New York Jets. That's an easy pick. Now, what is a difficult pick, I would say, is the Jets with 13 and a half points. I, that might be that might be something you want to you want to look at um, when it comes to my betting folks out there. Next game is kind of interesting. I think it'd be more interesting if Jameis was playing the New Orleans Saints at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans are favored by three points. I, again, I think it'd be more interesting if Jameis was playing. I think right now the Saints really don't have a quarterback they can believe in. They, they, they've been running with Trevor Simeon. They have brought Taysom Hill in at times. Um, and again, I know it's hard in the NFL season to bring someone in and get them up to speed. But honestly, I feel like Cam Newton should be getting a look from New Orleans. And it's interesting to see why he's not. I know originally there were some conversations about, you know, his vaccination status and the that paired with the personality that he is could turn some teams off. But if I think about his skill set right now, I think about what New Orleans has as an offense. Their wide receiver core is definitely not one of the best in the league. So Cam is not necessarily going to be tasked with throwing the ball multiple times during the game. But I think his ability to run um, gives them, gives him an advantage over maybe somebody like Trevor Simeon. And now you could possibly say, well, you know, if you think Cam fits there, they should just start Taysom Hill. But I think when Taysom Hill becomes the quarterback, well, then that takes away that joker that the Saints have. Because that's really what he is, right? He's that wild card in an offense where... He could be a tight end. He could be split out wide. He could be a running back. He can catch the pitch and throw it. If you have him as a quarterback, well, then he's really either going to throw it or run, right, from from this, from behind the center. So if you bring Cam in there, he can throw or run. You could still have Taysom Hill running around and possibly throwing. I just feel like it brings, it adds to the dynamic, dynamicism? dynamicism. I don't know what the word is. It just adds to the dynamic that the New Orleans Saints uh, have on offense. But a long story just to say they're not going to win the game. The Tennessee Titans are going to win the game. Adrian Peterson is going to continue to roll. I saw some good carries from him. Is he Derrick Henry? No. But, you know, that 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 guy there, um, bonafide Hall of Famer, continues to run hard, continues to run strong, 
continues to score touchdowns. And so I'm taking the Tennessee Titans over the New Orleans Saints. I also believe the Tennessee Titans will cover that three-point spread. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. Tampa Bay is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Without a doubt, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, the points, Washington football team has shown that they can score. Again, Terry McLaurin, um, Gibson, McKissick has come on strong as a backfield uh, out of the backfield. Uh, they always have, and I I remember a couple episodes now. I called this guy Logan Paul, <laughs> Logan Ryan, the tight end, um, is always you know a threat on the offensive side of the ball. But we're talking about Tom Brady, we're talking about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. We're talking about defense. You know, we're talking about JPP, um, Devin White. I can't remember who the other linebacker is right now, but he's fast also. We know they're banged up in the secondary. Hopefully, Richard Sherman keeps his headset on and does not put the shoulder pads on again because um, he he was filling in as a coach. So hopefully he just stays over there. And I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. Next game on the schedule, Detroit Lions at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers as a nine-point favorite. You know, every week when we do this, I keep looking for a game where it's like, okay, Detroit, that's the one. I thought the game in Philadelphia was the one, and then Philadelphia puts up like 40 points. Um, I don't believe this is the one either. Pittsburgh Steelers might also put up 40 points. Again, they're coming on strong. Pass rush, defense fixes everything. Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary is playing incredible football. Jared Goff is not playing incredible football. <laughs> so I am taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would also probably take those points. I think they will cover regardless of the fact that it's almost a 10-point spread. This is one of those spreads where I'm like, mm, that's probably not easy money. That is probably a trap <laughs> right there. Next game, Minnesota Vikings at the Los Angeles Chargers. And this game, again, uh, Los Angeles is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It'd probably be a lot more interesting game. Just hot off the presses. Well, I don't know how hot. It's hot off the presses for me. Maybe this story has been out, but apparently there's some domestic violence um, issues with Dalvin Cook. His team is claiming that he was assaulted, that she broke into the house, um, but there have been... She is posting messages opposite, kind of showing that he is apologizing for... Um, inflicting damage to her face. So I'm not even sure what's going to happen with that. I know Madison is a great backup, but he is a backup for a reason. The Chargers are in a bit of a lull right now. So I'd be I'd be tempted to take Minnesota with the points because it is a, it is two and a half, you know, and I think the game will be close. I think Minnesota has shown that they can keep games close against uh, some of the top teams in the league. But I, I, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they learned a lot in the last few games where things have maybe not been as impressive as how they started out. And I'm taking the Los Angeles Chargers to win. But like I said, I would I can, I can, I can see Minnesota covering two and a half points. You know, I could see it being a, 
a very close game um, when it comes to Minnesota and Los Angeles Chargers. Next game, Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Arizona is a 10-point favorite. I think they should be a 20-point favorite in this game. Uh, we've continued to see Carolina unravel, and it's all because of Sam Darnold Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford Darnold, whatever you want to call him. He's not the guy. He's not it. Uh, we now have Robbie Anderson on the sideline. Everybody's seen the clip telling him to tighten up. Uh, Kristen, Christian McCaffrey is back. Again, if you look at their offensive weapons, Tommy Tremble, he's a great young tight end. Robbie Anderson, a great speed guy. Brown, uh, is it Dwayne? It's not Dwayne Brown. He's number two. And damn, I can't remember his name right now, but he's he is the guy offensively that makes that offense go. Um, so they have the pieces. Um, it's just Darnold, man. Darnold. And, you know, for all the offseason hype for the 49ers about who was going to be the starting quarterback, I am exceptionally uh, satisfied that we dodged the Sam Darnold bullet because, you know, obviously he was available. There were some stories about us kicking the tires on him and we decided to stick with Jimmy G, which I'm satisfied about. Jimmy G has put together two great games whereas Sam Darnold mm, has not. I don't think he's even put together two good throws. So I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals um, in this one. It's in Arizona. Even with a 10-point spread, I don't think the Panthers will cover. Next game, Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson returns. And that makes it interesting. You know, again, we're still not really sure if is Aaron Rodgers out of the protocol. I have to go look. Uh, Jordan Love. And that's a that's a let's just talk about Jordan Love for a little bit. You know, when I when I knew that he was going to start, what I really thought was, let's see how Jordan Love looks, you know, because he, he Jordan Love is the game plan that the 49ers are trying to accomplish, right? They have Aaron Rodgers as the incumbent starter. They obviously drafted Love because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is who he is when it comes to his desire to be a be part of the team you know some days he wants to be part of the team some days he doesn't want to be part of the team i don't know whatever so they drafted jordan love a young mobile big arm quarterback we we know that the lafleur offense um the shanahan offense the mcveigh offense the zach taylor offense all have similarities and and similar styles so i was honestly looking to see wow like if Jordan Love goes out here and executes, this is the future, you know, of what we could see in San Francisco. And then Jordan Love gets out there and it's like, yo, what has this guy been doing for the last few for the last year or so? Because he looked about the same as Trey Lance. And Trey Lance hasn't played football or been involved in an organized situation outside of what he's gone through this season for almost a year. Whereas Jordan Love um, 
has been with the Packers since last season, including training camp OTAs this season, including, and again, I know it's hard to get practice and to develop really during the season, but man, it was rough. So if, if Jordan Love starts and I really again have to look, I could see this game kind of going either way. I think it'll be closer with Russell Wilson being in the fold. I don't think he'll be rusty. I think the offense will um, will perform. Obviously, the offense will perform better than when Geo Smith was at the helm. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks over the Green Bay Packers. I think the Aaron Rodgers situation is too much of a distraction. I think even if he plays, he hasn't really been able to be around the team nor be able to be around the facilities. Um, obviously, they have ways that they can watch film and, and game plan and stuff like that remotely. But there's just something about being there with your teammates, the gel, the the, and he's a veteran. But I'm taking the Seahawks over the Green Bay Packers. Seahawks might actually even cover that spread too. I have green, they have Green Bay uh, minus three and a half. So I, I could see the Seahawks not only winning the game, but winning it by seven points, winning it by four points to cover the spread. Um, yeah, yeah, Seattle. Philadelphia Eagles at the Denver Broncos. And this is an interesting, interesting game to pick because we're not really sure which one of these teams are going to show up. Is it going to be the Denver Broncos that just manhandled the Dallas Cowboys for four quarters? Is it going to be the Philadelphia Eagles that uh, played a very strong game against the 49ers, that played very tough games uh, this season, put up 40-plus points on the Detroit Lions? Um, which team is going to show up? I'm thinking the difference because – um, offensively, Jalen Hurts, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm, it's kind of a wash. Well, let's look at the running backs. Melvin Gordon has definitely come on strong this season. The rookie Williams has come on strong. Philadelphia Eagles, Miles, is it? No, it's Jordan Howard is a running back now, I believe. They keep changing running backs. But Gainwell, Boston Scott, I think is also a wash. Receiver core, Tim Patrick. Um, Noah Fant, the tight end, Dallas Goddard, the tight end for the Eagles, the trio of wide receivers, Rager, uh, Devontae Smith, and Quez Watkins. I think, again, those are also kind of like a wash. Defensive line-wise, Philadelphia Eagles probably have a little more experience on the defensive line, definitely have some more talent, Fletcher Cox. Elevates that unit. But Denver Broncos are pretty good on defense. I think the pickup of Kenny Young probably means a lot more for them than some of the other moves that teams have made uh, this season before the trade deadline. But I think the difference is certain. And was it him? It was either him or Samuels that was injured. But certain, I think, will be the defense in the game. He'll be able to eliminate um, the safety sorry the wide receiver play from the philadelphia eagles but i i do like how dynamic the eagles offense can be given the fact that they can probably run the ball and put players in conflict 
But I'm going to stick with Vic Fangio, even though he's a bit of a fogey. I think he has more experience than Nick Sarani as a coach. I was leaning towards the Broncos. I'm going to just continue to just fall over. And I'm going to pick the Broncos over the Philadelphia Eagles. The line is Denver minus three. I could not. Nah, I think Denver will cover that spread also. I think the game will be close, maybe in the first quarter, as both teams try to figure each other out. But I think um, by the third or fourth quarter, the game will be um, over with and the score will be, uh, the score margin will be large. For the Broncos, I mean. Next game, Kansas City Chief at Las Vegas Raiders. So again, the Raiders going through everything that they're going through. The Chiefs, if you want to call it a bounce back, you know, they beat the Giants. Um, they beat Jordan Love and the Packers. Mm. If you want to call it a bounce back, the Chiefs are bouncing back. They're still throwing interceptions. They still have turnovers. The defense is still the defense. Um, well, the lack thereof defense. And again, I like I like what the Raiders have as far as pass rush. I like what they have offensively. I think Derek Carr is playing great football this season. I'm going to continue to roll with the uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders over the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they force uh, Patrick Mahomes into additional mistakes. I think offensively, Deshaun Jackson has a big game. I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a big game. I think Kenyon Drake is going to have a big game. And then there's always Darren Waller, who's good for a first down whenever. You know, fourth and 30, just throw it to Waller. He'll get it. So I am taking the Las Vegas Raiders over the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Monday Night Football. How, how, how did the 49ers end up on Monday Night Football? They couldn't flex us. They couldn't flex us to like one of these afternoon games. So um, A, I can get on, get on with it. You know, sometimes when, like when we play Sunday night, we play Monday night, like all day Sunday, I'm just like, get to the point. Um, and also now, because we're playing on Monday night, everyone is watching. And um, if you haven't watched the 49er game this season, If we were just bad all the time, then you could just watch it and be like, hey, that's what I expected. But we're like so good and then just incredibly bad right after, like almost in the same play. For example, last game, George Kittle back in the fold, catches a slant on a dime, dime by Jimmy, runs, breaks a tackle, hurdles a guy, fumbles the ball. Terrible. The game changed at that point. There were three plays for me that changed the game. And they, they almost happened in succession. George Kittle fumbles the ball. They get the ball back. We stopped them on third and whatever. It was like third and 20. It was like some incredible third down. Josh Norman has a meltdown or whatever the hell he has going on, which don't get me started on that. Now they get the ball, they score. I want to say at that point, it's 14 zip. Then the next possession, I believe it's the very next possession. Ayuk has that great catch, fumbles. 
they come back and they score, they kick a field goal. It's 17 zip at that point. And I want to say at that point, it was a wrap. I know that we showed some gumption. We, we scored seven points, but defensively, they had no answer the entire game. I want to say from play one, play two on defense, I already had in my head that this is not going to go the way that they thought it would go. So having to watch everybody else watch us is not a not an enjoyable experience for me as a 49er fan, but I will not waver. Only because it's the Rams. We like to call them the Lambs. And I know Matthew Stafford is here. But outside of Stafford, and I don't want to make it seem like that's not a big pickup, but outside of Stafford, it's basically the same team that we beat with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins at quarterback. C.J. Bethard, Bethard at quarterback. Um, now, obviously, we don't have the same defense. I think the safety injuries are... Well, the whole secondary, right? We whew, just rolling out some dudes in the secondary. The game is at home, which is also not a positive for San Francisco, where normally it is. We are, I don't think we've won a home game since 2020 uh, sometime. We haven't won a home game in forever. I think we're 0-4 at home uh, this season. So it's the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, what I will say is that the butt kicking last week hopefully fired up some guys uh, to get it together. And I think the uh, Matthew Stafford game last week showed that he is human, that they can be beat. He made that Carson Wentz throw in the end zone. That, that, was, that was what we call doing a Wentz. We've now created a verb out of that. So if you're in near your own end zone and you're about to get a safety and you do some stupid-ass throw... <laughs> That gets intercepted, that is now called doing a wince. So he did a wince. Um, he is human. The Rams offense can be stymied. The Rams defense can be scored upon. So I'm still going to take the 49ers until the Rams beat us. We've won four straight, I want to say, against the Rams. And obviously, the players have changed. Um, you know, the situations have changed, the records have changed versus where we're at versus where we played them in those previous games. But we're called the Niner faithful for a reason, you know, and there's a lot of unfaithful, there's a lot of unfaithfuls out there, you know, and we're, we, we don't support the Niner unfaithfuls. We only support the Niner faithful. So I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers over the Los Angeles Rams. I'm putting the Rams on upset alert. I think Trey Lance finally gets in the game. I think he has a package this week. Brandon Ayuk continues to ascend as an NFL wide receiver. George Kittle back in the fold, I think, showed last week offensively that he makes the offense go. I think the running game looked a lot more consistent. We were able to complete more third downs, even though that still continued to be our Achilles heel this season. Defensively, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, though. You know, I don't know who's we could probably put Mosley on Cooper Cup, but that's that's an L. Um, we could put Mosley on Woods and then bracket Cup. Um, you know, that's an, that's an option. I think one thing that we have to look forward to is that um, 
James Conner, who was playing like John Conner, the Terminator from the Terminator movies. But James Conner is not on the Rams. The running back that they have is not a huge, hulking, massive man of a running back that we can't tackle. So I don't think I think the the threat of the run is what really impacted our defense. It caused our defense to uh, be susceptible to play action passes and created easy screen passes on the outside for Colt McCoy and the Cardinals to catch and run. I think the Rams will try a similar game plan, but without the threat of the run, I think that the defense will be able to be a lot more consistent. So I am taking the San Francisco 49ers. Now the Rams are a three and a half point favorite. I can see us winning, you know, by one point, kicking a field goal at the end. We got Robbie Gold back, but Niner faithful, bang, bang, Niner gang all the way over the Los Angeles Rams. This is Big Block Sports episode nine, episode 10. I don't know what episode this is. This is episode B. Thank you again for joining us. If you're looking for storylines, if you're looking for opinion-based podcast information, always check out episode A every week. Regardless of what week it is, the storyline is usually unique. It doesn't necessarily have to be in chronological order. So this is your first time here listening to Big Block Sports. Take some time, go back, check out some of the previous episodes. But as always, thank you guys for returning. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your NFL Sunday and Monday night football. Big Lock Sports. I am Malcolm A. We out.